Good morning, beautiful people. Or I guess by now it's probably afternoon. So good afternoon, beautiful people. This is Trina Harrison and I'm here with another segment of Amazing Love. And I just want to take the time to say thank you to all of you who listen and subscribe to my podcast. You know, I I have to say podcast took on a new light for me a few years ago when I was working, actually it was more than a few years ago. I'll be telling my age, but it was actually more than a few years ago when my husband directs Youthful Praise and at that time, Youthful Praise was taking off. Like the engagement was really starting to pick up. God had really been blessing us. It was at a breaking point where we felt like God was really about to move. And like I said, new doors was just opening up for the ministry. And my husband was working at a a company called Hubble Wiring Device. And he had done so well there. He had such a great position. I think he was a computer programmer and he, they gave him a laptop and he was able to travel with this laptop. So if you listen to his testimony, there were many a times that we were at GMWA workshops or even maybe some stellar awards or even our engagements. And he would be up in the hotel room and in our downtime, he would be up in the hotel room on his laptop and actually working. Um, and then he would come down and sing. And sometimes he had to run back up to finish. Uh, But I didn't have that luxury, I guess you can say I didn't have that same type of deal with my job. I worked in customer service. And although at this point, I was not on a customer service job where you had to take call to call to call, I was doing more calling out. But still, I didn't have the luxury of having a laptop to travel with me, I still had to ask for the time off. And of course, in customer service field, if any of you work in that field, you know, that you can't just get time off anytime you want, you can ask you, we had to email this system and somebody somewhere sitting in some HR office would either approve or decline the time depending on the needs of what needed to happen or the coverage that needed to happen in the customer service department. So there were a lot of times that my husband was traveling that I was not able to go. So I'm thinking in the back of my head, Lord, this just cannot be your will. Like you cannot have my husband traveling this world and, you know, singing to everyone, predominantly female audiences. Not that I'm intimidated, but still it's just a matter of me being there for my husband. It doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. It's me being there for my husband in ministry. And I wanted that so badly. And I began to listen to podcasts, people like Fred Price, Joyce Myers. This is just to name a few of the people that I would listen to. And a lot of their messages was about faith. And that's when my faith started to take a turn. I began to write all these confessions and post them right on my cubicle about how God was going to elevate me to full-time ministry and how he was going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And I just began to make those daily confessions and lo and behold, I was able to come off my job. I was able to maintain my integrity and God opened the doors for me to come off of work. I say that to say podcasts are very important because everyone can't listen to it like a loud radio at their job or something like that, or maybe even at home when you're cleaning up 
you have your phone with you, you can plug in these messages and it may be something that you hear that you can base your confessions off of and that it can change the direction of your faith and change the direction of your life ultimately. So that's why I don't take for granted that you guys actually take the time to subscribe and listen to these podcasts. And I want to make sure I'm doing the best to help you live an amazing life with your spouse. And this could be a tool for someone else that you meet could be in the park, you could be in the grocery store, you could be wherever, even at church and know someone is having a problem in their marriage and maybe something is said on these podcasts that will help enlighten that person's life as well. So long story short, I'm just saying thank you so much for tuning in and for taking the time to listen. Like I always do, I pray that something is said that is going to bless you and bless someone else. So anyway, I wanted to do this podcast a little bit earlier in the week, but my schedule would not allow me to, but I did watch the show Blackish last Monday night. I don't know how many of you watch it. It's on the ABC network and I was attracted. I normally don't watch it, but I was attracted to this week's episode because they were talking about drifting in marriage and how the couple has been arguing more lately than they ever have before. They're just facing some really tough times. And of course that got my ear because I'm always interested in the things of marriage. And I wanted to see it from a different perspective. We are Christians and we have Jesus on our side. We have the word, we have inspirational things such as podcasts like this. And there's so many others to help us get through these tough times. But I wanted to see how they would handle it, knowing that, you know, they don't integrate necessarily, they don't integrate faith into the actual script of the show. And I wanted to see how they would handle it. And I felt like it was handled well, but obviously I felt like if I could have been there on that TV show and interjected some, some of the things of God and some of the precepts of God It could have gone so much better. Drifting is very real in marriage. It happens. And the sad part about drifting is it catches you off guard because it is so subtle. It happens before you know it. And then one day you like, wait a minute, I'm missing my spouse. Like um, we're arguing over things that are insignificant and we can't seem to agree on the basic things of life. And if you look back through the marriage, you probably can pick up little areas where you felt like, oh, I should have did this better. Or maybe we could have communicated better on this, that and other. I... I don't know why people, but I have like a little bit of an urge to have a green thumb. I don't have a green thumb, but I have an urge to have a green thumb. And I went to Target and, you know, if you go in their little dollar section, sometimes they have these little seedlings. So I brought one with thyme and strawberries and rosemary. Thyme and rosemary are like some of my favorite seasonings, by the way. So I just, I was like, oh, I should just grow it instead of buying it. So I bought these seedlings, I planted them, I would talk to these plants, water them. And I know it's weird that I would actually talk to them. But if you know me, you know my personality, that's just something that I would do. So I would talk to them, encourage them to grow and be strong and taste good and oh, you know, all crazy stuff. But I just felt like it would help to the production of the growth of these plants. And I would just pay so much attention to them. I set them in the window seal because I felt like it would be a reminder to make sure I'm taking care of them because I spent a lot of time in the kitchen. So I felt like it would be a reminder for me to take care of them. And I did for a long time and it started to bloom. The plants came up, they, you know, looked good and everything. And then my life got really, really busy with 
important things like dealing with this kids, taking them to school, back and forth to extracurricular activities and church and just life, just gro- grocery shop life, life happens. And all of a sudden I was not paying as much attention to these plants unintentionally because my intent was to have everything that I needed out of those plants. So it was very unintentional, but it happened. And over time, those plants died. And the only reason they died was because I was not doing the things that I did in the beginning of our relationship together to keep them on a path of growth. I think I said this before, but it reigns true forever. Marriage is the same way. We have to look at marriage like it is a living organism. Just because you have a ring on your finger, just because you went to the altar, and even sometimes just because you get in the same bed at night does not mean that your marriage is working. It takes communication, constant communication. It takes love. It takes forgiveness. It takes peace in the home. It takes it, it takes so much that you have to do for marriage every day. There should not be a day that goes by that you don't hug each other and that you don't communicate with each other on a deep level, not just, oh, you know, hi, how you doing? What do you want for dinner? Not the mundane stuff. You know, I'll take the kids this day. You take the, not that. You know, how was your day? What are you feeling? Do we need to go on a retreat? Do we need to take a vacation? Communicate your feelings to me. That has to happen on both ends in order to avoid drifting that happens in the marriage. So like I said, it's it's very subtle. It's very unintentional. But at the end of the day, it is the severing of you guys' emotional ties. Like God's design for marriage is so that we would have these intimate moments with each other and create a oneness with each other. And it's more than physical. I think people think just because of a strong sexual relationship, that's keeping the marriage together. Even that does not keep the marriage together. Marriage in God's eyes has so many levels. It's multidimensional. It includes sex, but it goes to emotional. It goes into social. We said sexual, it's intellectual, it's recreational, and it's spiritual. And so let's let's look at these things. We already talked about being more emotionally attached to each other, where you're communicating your feelings to each other. This is where we get into feelings. A lot of people base their decisions based on feelings, but feelings are really there so that you can experience something, you can talk it out, and you know how to handle it. So in order to avoid these drifts in marriage, we have to make sure that we are emotionally tied to each other. We also need to make sure that we are socially tied to each other. Do we have the same friends or does he have his set of friends? You have your set of friends. And are those friends all single? I don't have a problem with singles. I love singles. I have some single friends. There are a few girls that come over my house every now and then. And we have girls moments. We don't have girls nights, but we have girls moments and And we just sit up and talk, eat popcorn and just do the girly type things. And then I also have a group of married ladies that I would do that with as well. So I'm not saying that there's anything against singles, but you need to have the same friendships with your husband or with your wife. And they should be couples that fosters that love environment and If you are just in friendships with single people, it can make you develop a need for wanting to be single because single people can do some things that married people can't. 
So like in a couple of the episodes, I was watching how the husband went to work. And when he goes to work, he sits down with a, a group of people. They're having a meeting. Most of those people are single and they start feeding these ideas and planting these ideas in his head that made him even rethink getting counseling and rethink, you know, the marriage is not going to work. You must be cheating and all this kind of stuff. Like all of those things came from a single minded person. Whereas if you had on a social level, a group of married people, people who are committed to the marital relationship and the marital covenant, they would feed you the things that are necessary to helping your marriage. So you need to have that social connection as well. Of course, you need to have that sexual connection that goes without even explaining. Everyone knows that God created us for intimacy and he wants us to be one flesh with our spouses. And we both know that, or we all know that having a a relationship void of sexual activity, it just does not work for marriage. That is not the way God ordained marriage to be. Now, there are some people who have some physical disabilities and they're not able to perform as they would like to, but where there is a will, there is a way. And I believe that God will answer your prayers, even concerning that. There's some medicines on the market. There's some things you can do to get it popping in the bedroom. (laughs) So we don't want to leave that out at all. And then intellectual. Can you have discussions with your spouse and not feel intimidated or not feel belittled or not feel like you're not being understood? You ever talk to someone and they're like, I don't understand what you're talking about or whatever. Take the time to break those things down down, take the time to understand each other on an intellectual level that will help in not drifting in that area. If you feel like you can't communicate with your spouse without being understood, of course, there's going to be a divide there, but make sure that you are doing everything necessary to make sure you are understood. Another area that we want to make sure that we're avoiding drifting in is recreational. Do something to have fun. We get so committed. We over overextend ourselves or we spread ourselves so thin because we're just doing everything. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, how we just commit, 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 but nothing ever comes back to just the husband and the wife. My husband and I have decided that we're going to take at least two to three vacations out the year because we work really, really hard. We take a vacation by ourselves, just me and him. And this vacation may not be able to be a week because we do have so many commitments. But even if we just take three days, four days, or sometime if he goes somewhere to sing, we'll extend it a couple of days just so that we can have just some one-on-one time with each other. And then we take a family vacation where we bring the kids and we do family oriented things. You have to make sure that that recreational piece between you and your spouse is there. Like you have to have fun together, laugh together. All the things you did while you were dating, you still need to make time to do those things. Go to a movie. You say, Trina, I can't afford to go on a a two or three day escapade, go to a movie or you know what, even better yet, lock your bedroom door at night when you put the kids in the bed and turn on Netflix and Netflix and chill, whatever Netflix and chill means for you, you Netflix and chill. Okay. (laughs) Be creative in your ideas to make sure that you guys are having fun. 
And then of course, you want to be connected on a spiritual level. That is so important to pray together and have a spiritual intimacy with each other and know each other's spirits, know each other's heart. There are certain things that you cannot tell me about my husband because I know his spirit. And I know even without him talking, I know the way he's thinking, what he'll do and what he won't do for the most part. Now, if the spirit tells him to do otherwise, then of course, even I'm subject to it and I'm happy that he's being guided by the spirit. But for the most part, I know where my husband is at spiritually. And it will also help if you guys can go to the same church together, be in ministry together. These are the things that is important to make sure that you have those, that spiritual bond. So again, these are all the things that God has designed for marriage. And when one of these areas are lacking, you will experience drifting. So I want you to look at your marriage. And I know I just said a lot but I want you to look at your marriage and I want to make sure that you are emotionally attached, socially attached, sexually attached, intellectually attached, recreationally attached, and spiritually attached. Those are the areas that suffer the most. If one of them are lacking, you are likely to experience drifting in your marriage. So like I said, it's easy to drift because we put so many things ahead of all of these areas that we just discussed. And some of them are good things. Some people really invest in good things. Some people, you know, have jobs where it requires them to be at work for long extended hours. But I mean, the ultimate goal of that is financial security and or financial stability and um, career choices, elevating in your career, promotions, all of that is important, but it can't come before the things of your marriage. And then there are some people who are working on legitimate obsessions, like you have a hobby or something like that, that makes you feel really good. And you're uh, maybe touching people's lives and you're being a strong force in your community. And these are things that you do without pay. These are just things that you just volunteer to do. If those things are getting in the way of your marriage, then it's off course and it's not in order. Your marriage comes first. Sometimes we do over investments. We spend overtime at work and you know you got to put in the time volunteering for things when you know that you have not had any family times these are the things that make it easy to drift away from your marriage and then there are things that happen in your past whereas you might hear somebody say I'm very driven. I'm a very driven person. I heard one of my mentors explain this. When you hear someone who is really, really driven, you have to ask the question, what is it that happened in your past that makes you such a driven person? What did you see or where were you lacking or your family lacking in the past that makes you strive so much for whatever this is that you're going for that you would put your family aside to now go towards those goals. It's a repeating habit. You may have saw maybe your parents lacked, maybe they didn't have everything that they were supposed to have. So you determine in your mind at a very young age, I am going to be driven to work hard for my family. 
But do you understand that your drive is now taking you away from your family? So, okay, your family may be rich. You may have millions of dollars. You may have thousands of dollars, but your family's emotional needs are not being met. You're just creating a a drift between you and your spouse and possibly you and your children. Children suffer when their parents are not at home. And I understand that there is a need for parents to go to work. Don't get me wrong, but you have to find that balance so that your marriage is not suffering and so that your family, your children are not suffering as well. Then you'll have people who will avoid being home. They're always looking for something to do, always volunteering for something, always trying to set up appointments and initiating things and just constantly putting themselves to work. For some reason, I feel like that needs to be checked as well because there's some things that happen unintentionally and then there are some things that happen very intentionally when you start putting yourself or signing yourself up for jobs and you're definitely causing a drift in your marriage because then you're making your spouse feel like, well, what is it so bad about me that you never wanna be home? Or why do you have to work so hard if all our needs are met you know, we're not struggling for anything. Why is it that you are looking for reasons to be out of the house? That's because there's an area in your life where the marriage is drifting. These are the red flags. These are the things that you look for to sit back and say, wait a minute, if we don't do something about this now, we may be looking at trouble somewhere down the road. If you're feeling things like dissatisfaction, if you're feeling anger, disaffection or loneliness or some type of emotional distance, these are all red flags of drifting. And sometimes you can see these things from the outside looking in. Sometimes you can see it written all over the the person's face or your spouse's face that there's an area there and we have to pay attention to that. If my husband is not looking, my husband, he has this way, he smiles from ear to ear. His grandfather had the same thing. They just had the biggest smiles. So if you ever look at my husband's smile, he just looks joyful. If a day goes by and I don't see him smile like that, I'm going to ask, is there something wrong Am I meeting your needs? Is there something I can help you with? You have to pay attention to even the demeanor on your spouse's face because a lot of things go unsaid, but that does not mean that they are not being felt internally. Other red flags can be things like arguing. Like if you watch the show Blackish, like I did, they argued over some of everything. They were just going back and forth, bickering with each other over what the favorite color was or what they were going to eat or the way they ordered their food at the restaurant. The bickering just became, I almost wanted to just say stop. Like I wanted to jump in the TV and just say stop. We're not, (laughs) because the thing is that wasn't the root of the problem. Your favorite color or what you wanna eat and how you order your food at your restaurant That is not the problem. That's surface. But if you go down to the root of what is happening, there has to have been some drifting along the way. Somebody's needs are not being met on those six levels that we discussed. And so now you're just picking at each other. And and that's exactly what the show descripted. It was just a constant picking at each other. It was a passive aggressive behavior. It was just... Like I said, I wanted to jump in the TV and just say stop and let's figure out what the real problem is. 
So these are the things that will show or will even give you a sign that, yeah, we're drifting. And that's what you have to pay attention to so that you can fix those problems. And you say, Trina, how do you fix those problems? What do I need to do to stop this? Well, just stop it. And I guess when I say that, I know it sounds kind of abrupt, but the thing about it is this is why the scripture says there it takes a certain grace and a certain aptitude to be married. You have to be mature enough to say, I'm going to pull back from this. There are times where if I'm just keeping it 100, <laughs> um, there were times when my husband and I would argue and the arguing just became so nitpicky till either he or I, there's been circumstances where he's done it. There's been circumstances when I've done it, where you just have to sit back and say, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. And no matter what the person says to nitpick even more, you just stop. You can't argue with someone who's not talking back to you. You just can't do it. And I think if you do it in a peaceful way and your demeanor and everything is in a positive way, like you're just, I just want to stop. I don't want to do this anymore. You lower your tone, especially if their tone is raised. You lower your tone. You use the words like, baby, I just don't want to do this anymore. Why are we fighting? Let's sit down and let's really try to figure out what the problem is. Because the things that we're talking about now, that's not the real problem what my favorite color was or the little things that people argue about. That's just the fruit of it. Let's get to the root of it. And you have to be mature enough to do that. And I think establishing goals is another way to help stop the drifting. I said this in one of our podcasts before, you have to have something to look forward to, something great, something that you guys can build together and that requires both of your participation. You're on the same page about it. It brings you back to that one-on-one time. You have to invest in each other. You have to put each other first. So I believe I'm speaking to someone today when I tell you the next time you see your spouse, if you guys are arguing You may be at a time right now where it just seems like you're just not getting along, almost like a brother, sister cat fight where you're just picking on each other. It's harsh word after harsh word. And you're just responding to each other with all these little things that don't really matter. I need you to go be the first to initiate it. I need you to go to your spouse and just say, I don't want to do this anymore. I apologize for everything I've said. Acknowledge what you've done. I've said some bad things out of hurt or whatever it is. I have said some really bad things and I want to apologize to you. I don't want to fight anymore. Let's end this and let's fix our problem, the real problem. And even if that requires you going to sit down with a counselor or an elder of the church so that you can, someone can help you to be there to kind of stick to the facts. I always say that when you're arguing, stick to the facts, stick to the things that really matter that can make or break the relationship. Those are the things that you need to discuss. And by all means, and I should have said this first, but by all means, pray. Prayer is so important in marriage and it's so underused and underrated because there are a lot of times that you can pray about something that you are not satisfied about and God will make a difference in your spouse. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be very, very candid. 
JJ and I have been married for almost 24 years coming this, this July, 24 years. And I'm sure he'll say likewise of me. There are some things that he does. And there are some things that I do that I even see myself doing that I don't like. And when God shows me those things, and the reason I know God shows them to me is because I would not acknowledge it on my own because justifiably I would feel like I was right. But when God pricks my heart and he shows me me, it puts me in the face of the fact that I need forgiveness from both God and from my spouse. And that only started with because I have an humble heart towards God. And if he shows me something, it's something that I know he wants me to change. Likewise, if there is something that my spouse is doing that I don't necessarily like, it's not always about telling him. We feel like I don't like this and you're going to know it and I'm going to tell you and I'm going to keep it real and I'm going to let you know and all that. No, that's not the way you do with your spouse. You go to them in a loving way. And sometimes you don't go to them. You go to God. You pray. There have been things that I have prayed about, not even bad things, good things that I wanted to see some growth in my relationship with my husband. And I prayed about these things. And honestly, you guys, I tell you within two to three weeks, I see a change. And I told him, I said, you know what? This is so strange because I prayed about this and Now that I see it, it's almost like it's surreal. I didn't even know how to handle the fact that he was doing the things that I prayed about because I didn't tell him. I never expressed to him what it is that I actually prayed about. But I started seeing manifestation of the things that I prayed about. So when I went to him, I was just like, you know, this is amazing. I almost don't even know how to receive it because this is exactly what I prayed for. And then some prayer Works, And if you feel that your marriage is drifting and if you feel tension, more tension than you feel good days, you know that there are some things that you need to fix. And maybe you're not feeling tension, but maybe there was something that I mentioned today that you say, wait a minute, that's true in my relationship. Begin to pray about those things. Father, I thank you for every listener that has taken the time to pay attention to these words of this podcast, oh God. And if they feel anything in their heart that may cause damage to their marriage, God, I thank you for bringing it before them and teaching them how to pray about those things to you and letting their spouses be receptive to the things that will help the marriage grow. I pray right now, God, I thank you for going before them. If it's something that needs to be said to their spouse, I thank you for going before them and softening the heart of their spouse and giving them the ear to hear and the heart to understand that we only want growth in this. We don't want any more arguing. We don't want any more arguing. We don't want any more fighting. We want growth. And God, the things that cannot be vocally expressed because maybe the times are too tense right now, or maybe it's a subject that they're just uncomfortable with expressing. God, I thank you for giving them the ability to express those things to you. And I thank you, God, because I know that you're going to plant the things in their spouse and they'll begin to see manifestations of your growth and your love. I thank you for protecting the marriages that are being heard under the sound of my voice and even the ones that are not. I thank you for protecting the union and the covenant of marriage. And we know it is done in your name, in your great name. We know it is done in Jesus name. Amen. 
Well, I have to be honest with you guys and let you know that I totally went off course with my notes, but it must be the way that the spirit wanted this to go. And I have a humble, yielding and submissive heart towards God. So I know that someone was blessed by something that was said today and email us, email me. It's really me and JJ looking at the emails. I promise you, I, I, we do have people that help us out, but they do not even go into our personal email addresses. So email us at amazing love with JJ and Trina at gmail.com. Or you can visit us on our social media pages, which is amazing love with JJ and Trina. You'll find us there or my personal page is just at Trina Harrison and JJ's personal page is at JJ Harrison. But marriage related things, we try to keep that on the amazing love with JJ and Trina. So please communicate with us. Let us know if you have any questions, concerns, things you want us to discuss or just comments on anything that you've heard in this podcast. I pray that your marriage does not reflect one of blackish. I pray that your marriage reflects one of God so that you too can have amazing love. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed day.